0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our review of 1982's Blade Runner, the final cut edition version edition. Which is not a 1982 film, certainly. Well, hey. With the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny's. Hi there. Let's not get into the technicalities here, man. Let's get right into it. So... In anticipation for Blade Runner 2049, we decided to chuck on the original. Now, there are multiple versions of this, as everyone knows, and we are talking about the final cut. Um, and uh, a great version, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Best?
0: Um, To be honest, I, I don't really like the um, voiceover edition. So for me, this is the
2: best. hmm I I don't I don't even know if I've seen the voiceover edition. To be honest, um, I feel like it would ruin it. I've, I've never seen it.
1: I've yeah. mostly
2: watched the director's
1: cut,
0: the nineteen ninety five. Yeah, same. Mm. That's probably the one I've seen the most. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, you know everyone's experience with the film yeah. because
2: it, you know well anyone in Australia in the last you know few years um, will have done their year twelve um, English shit on this. English, like, shit. English shit I, I did not English shit on this movie in year 12 um, yeah it's like yeah, a so, rite of passage for every Australian let's, let's, let's
1: teach young Aussies to hate a great film yeah, yeah.
2: and there's no better way than overanalyzing the shit out of a film yep. while you're it, you know, in class it's amazing
0: how um, different um, I view this film because up until of the age sort of 21 22 I despised Blade Runner I couldn't I hated it, man. That's so interesting. I hated <laughs> studying it. I hated how they analyzed the crap out of it. I always thought all the analogies and all the motifs that they wanted to pull out were just so vacuous and and, and just bullshit and trying mm-hmm. to put two and two together. And, and then something clicked when I saw it a few years later, After about four years after I finished high school, and I absolutely... Fell in Love. I've watched this movie a million times, and I love it. I absolutely love it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's. I I don't know if I had that strong of a reaction to this film. I didn't hate it, but I also didn't really like it. Um, you know, it was just kind of, um, because and it was weird. That's a, that's a weird spot to be in when everyone's like, "This is one of the greatest films of all time." Type, you know, hype around it, and if you're like, kind of like, meh you know, you don't want to give it really a second chance type thing. But kind of a um,
1: Common reaction with older films though, sometimes
2: when you come up yeah. later and don't see it in the same way they saw it. Back yeah, the day, you know? definitely. But um, this is, I mean, this is actually the first time that I've watched it in, I think I might've seen it once since year 12, if that. Um, but upon re-watching it, really, really, really loved it. You know, just kind of, you know, being able to watch it outside of that,
0: that scrutiny so, yes.
2: and, and, and the kind of thing that you do when you're studying a film. Yeah, look, this is, I see what everyone's on about. Yeah, my, my story is almost verbatim of yours,
1: George. So we did it in high school. We watched it, you know, like 40 minute chunks at a yeah. time with the annotated version. Yeah. Like, you know, the, thing, the teacher being like,
2: I, what yeah.
1: like
2: I used to hate that they'd pause it and be like, yeah. No, what do we see here? Watch like, a movie, I'm yeah. trying. And uh, yeah, I didn't hate
1: it, but it was like, Okay, it's fine, I guess. I wish I didn't have to buy that for school. Yeah. Um and then I saw it last year on the big screen. Um That would have been spectacular. Probably the first time I'd watched it since high school even. And yeah, that was very much like the mind-blowing, this is a masterpiece moment uh, where everything just clicked and I was like, "Oh my god, this is what people are fucking talking about." Yeah. This is so much better than that tiny shitty projector in school. That yeah. The sun. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, now now I'm completely on board with this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, certain aspects of the film that really stand out. Um, I would like to start with um, one of my favorite aspects, which is the production design. The look of this movie. Mm. It still holds up.
1: And that that's something easy to say and it gets said a lot. But this movie holds up in a way that is almost unprecedented. Yeah. Like it looks like shots in this movie look like – a new movie if a new movie knew how to look that good
0: yeah i agree yeah i think there's one particular point in this film that um every in this particular viewing but i was like this is why this still holds up and it was very early on when you first get introduced to deckard's character and he's sitting on the sidewalk Mm. and you sort of see these very like amazing cityscapes with fire you know, blowing out. And then it comes to Harrison Ford on this city street and he goes to this noodle bar and it looks like a noodle bar, like a sort I, of a side noodle bar that anyone would go to now. Mm.
2: And it felt so real. I wanted noodles after seeing that because yeah. it just seemed like a like a just a just legit, you it's, know, retired cop going and getting some food. And, it
0: seemed lived in. And I think that is what makes this film so special. Mm.
2: Yeah, and that'll be, I, I think that there's- a certain aspect to not not nostalgia but just old films that they were able to capture um, that kind of look and have it look good whereas with new films because everything's so crisp and clear if you know if you're trying to create that lived-in look you kind of have to it has to be lived in like there's a lot more pressure on set designs now than there was then um, so I think you could get away with a lot more back then I think the the miniature work specifically all the the cityscapes as you said the
0: establishing shots um just
1: uh outstanding i don't know how they did it so good
0: um i'm just trying to find out the gentleman's name who did the um the special effects for this mm. um we we'll, we'll, we'll get in a sec but um the watching the behind the scenes and if you do have the final cut on blu-ray I highly encourage anyone who's watched, who's listening to this podcast to go watch or go pick up that Blu-ray because the behind the scenes um, disc is absolutely fantastic. It's seven 30-minute episodes hmm. about all the different um, points in this film's production. And it go, go, just goes into extreme detail on um, every aspect of the film. And the, one of the most fascinating parts is the special effects and how... In they achieved that cityscape, they the workarounds that they had to do to to try and achieve these visuals, um, they couldn't just dial in, you know, something on, um, you know, Maya or whatever After Effects, yeah. or they couldn't just start, use their computer. They had to stick that car on wires. They had to do some seriously insane stuff. Um, that first opening shot. Um, to the cityscape in particular Like mm. it's insane what they were doing There's a lot going on there as well. So much going on with the smoke mm. And the, the cutouts of the buildings
2: I have brought that. up a picture actually Right now just of the cityscape and It is it, It's not even just that it looks good But there is so much detail in it I mean you could just It's almost like a painting You could just stare at it for hours It's, it's insane It's insane <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I I totally agree with you. The aesthetic of this film is very on point. It's very, um, you know, as you said, it, it it's lived in, um, and it, it it. I think some of the things that, um, and I I sort of alluded to, to this before that a lot of current sci-fi films get wrong is that they kind of paint the future as is like overly clean and sterile. Um, and I think that this is a far more accurate portrayal of. What we're headed towards. This, this is like a dead earth. This is like yeah. it's got those things
1: early on saying like moving off planet, and you just get the sense everyone's kind of bailing. Yeah, and it's just the dregs of society left it's, in this poor place. It's
2: weird. What what I think of is, and this is actually what really worries me about the new film that's coming out, um, is that I, I think about how they created the sets for um, Total Recall, the the reboot, mm. and all I can think of is you know how that it just. I know that they 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 created this, you know, slums and they put lots of garbage around and they made it, you know, quote unquote, feel lived in. But again, it just feels too- Shiny. It feels too shiny. Yeah. slick. And it'll be interesting to see if um, the new film is able to capture that aesthetic. Um, obviously, everything is going to be a little bit more crisp. That's just, the you know, that's this technology. Um, I don't think anyone would really accept a film that looked this grainy and- um, you know, if you released it now, yeah, um oh, it's definitely the new one has a definitely a different aesthetic, yeah, but I wonder if they'll try and like capture at least hints of it,
0: yeah, I definitely like think they will um the the guy's name is Douglas Trumbull. Um, and he's done... He is. He was basically the guy for special effects. He did 2001 A Space Odyssey, Close Encounters. Um, even did The Tree of Life recently. I think he was involved with that amazing sort of genesis of the universe mm. sequence. So, he has an amazing eye and an and amazing mind for figuring out how to translate these visuals and, and make it an actual physical thing before computer graphics was around. I think that's one of the things I love about this film is just how it just feels so real. Mm. I I just can't get enough of the way this film looks and I wish there was more of this kind of stuff going on. The
1: connection mm. with 2001 A Space Odyssey is no surprise whatsoever. It's got that same amazingly tactile kind of yeah. kind of feel to it.
0: Yeah. Um, The next thing I'd really like to talk about is the music. Of course. Um, I had, um, I, I just love the music in this. Vangalis is amazing. It's part of the DNA of this film. Um I went and saw the Blade Runner orchestra. Um, I, I can't remember the, the the actual orchestra, but basically it was a a suite of um, you know a, a, a sizable orchestra and some electronic musicians at the Sydney Opera House um, played um, the the score with like some visuals, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I remember closing my eyes at one point and just this this swelling of sound yeah around it was
2: insane there's a certain talent to being able to capture that sensation of just you know a swell of uh, you know kind of being engulfed in sound and being able to um kind of have that translate through you know some speakers a pair of speakers on a TV or something yeah um and i think this is one of the few scores that has ever really been able to do it um really really effectively
1: this movie sounds like nothing else. I mean there's a reason it's so kind of iconically held musically cuz it's there's nothing there's no other thing that sounds like this except for played run in 2049 which yeah. now
0: as we know sounds a lot like it. <laughs> yeah. The the jazz theme, the sort of saxophone mm. that plays so noiry, so mm. noiry, but so it's got a reverb on it that gives it this otherworldly feel. Um just just fantastic, fantastic. Um
2: that's that's another thing. And I mean, obviously we have to talk about this in the context that the new Blade Runner is coming out. Do you feel as though the new Blade Runner will continue that noir um, style? I've heard in the the sort of the reviews that I've read
0: that it doubles down on that. Mm. It doubles down on that. Yeah, it's really, whilst Blade Runner, this one is quite meandering and the, the, the actual sort of detective aspect of it, it's not Very really secondary. that important. No. Um, I feel like the new one from what I've read is a little more like plot centric.
2: That's interesting. Hey. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> um, okay. So, we, I mean, we can move on to, to what we thought of the actual actors in this, um, which I think is you know obviously a big aspect of this. Um, what do you guys think of, of the main man, Harrison Ford? Deckard. He's, he's doing his Harrison Ford thing. It's It's nothing overly spectacular, is it? No, but it was at a time when
1: him doing his Harrison Ford thing was good.
2: I mean, it's still it's good. It's good, good Harrison Ford. Yeah. I, no, but, I mean, sometimes he just can't be bothered really giving it, you know. <laughs> giving it full Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, not all that much. He's got that grumpy old man styled down just so pat. Yeah, he always was a grumpy old man though. That's, yeah, he kind of yeah, was. Uh,
1: he... Go back and see. So,
0: yeah. I couldn't see anyone else in this role though
2: yeah i mean that's a that's a very hard thing to say considering that it is such a classic and is maybe is so maybe ingrained. olden good <laughs> <What?
0: laughs> god that would be awful that would just be so awful. i don't know it, it, it's right it's an iconic role um if somebody else had had it and it's 2017 and you know somebody else oh you couldn't have had it without that guy who mm-hmm. knows history you know fate is what it is but um I can't really see anyone else with it. I guess I've seen this movie so many times that it's hard for me to really picture anyone else in that role. I think
1: there's that one point of interest with his performance is the bit in the strip club where he's puts on the voice and is it's pretending to be a journalist or something.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah, that's snake. an interesting part. It was, it's just such a funny voice he's doing. Yeah. It's, but it somehow works in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's weird to see him kind of like jump out of his surly yeah, yeah, old detective. Like not playing the cool Harrison Ford guy. Yeah. <laughs> And to be honest, I'm actually I was quite impressed with that. Yeah. If if nothing else, just because I was like, oh, you it's know, proper detective work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What about the replicants? There's,
0: the standout is obviously uh, Richter Hauger. He's his his role, the way he portrays um, that replicant is just Roy Batty. The replicant is, um, it's like tears in rain. I'm crying right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no,
1: he's fucking stunning. He's amazing. Every bit of him on screen.
0: I feel like this sort of sense of pride when I when I watch that role. I know it sounds weird, but mm. I'm like, I'm just back this guy so much. I back this role. I, I'm glad this man played this. Mm. It's a weird feeling, but it's a feeling of um, accomplishment that's you know through somebody else. Um. Sean Young, obviously a standout. She
1: does a fantastic job
0: um, playing Rachel. Yeah. But interestingly, her career kind of dropped off after this, I believe. Yeah. Did not she go crazy? I don't know. Let's, let's just say possible. she did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And confirm it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
2: heard it here. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed was um, Roy Batty's, and, and while we're speaking about actors, was Joe uh, Turkle's performance as um, Tyrell. Yeah, um, and in particular the way that he played off of Rutger Hauer—is um, that how you pronounce his last name? Hauer. Ritka Rutger Hauer. Hauer. Yeah. Um, that interaction, I thought, was really, really spectacular, um, and it really played to the fact that you know, I—I I was reminded of, kind of, not reminded—it's a bad word, Prometheus. It, it brought back like the the interaction between the creator and. Um, Yeah, like the subject. The create,
1: like a a good version of it.
2: Yeah. Well, exactly. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's how it's done. What Mm. he was going for. That's how it's done, Ridley. Are you listening,
0: Ridley? Yeah. (laughs) Ridley? Young Ridley?
1: Not to mention, I found Terrell's death like
2: shocking when I saw it on the big screen
1: again. I'd forgotten, like, Mm. it,
2: wow. (laughs) Well, the moments of violence in this film are really. they well, kind I mean, of stand out because the rest of the film is kind of so meandering. Yeah. It's a lot of him like walking around, softly talking to people, you know, drinking in, you know, smoke. There's so much smoke in this film. Yeah. Like it's just an insane amount of smoke just like in the air. Yeah. Um, uh, it gets gruesome and it gets weird. Like well, when
0: yeah. they go when Roy Batty goes visits the uh, eye doctor. Um that's it, that's grotesque and strange and weird mm, and creepy. intimidating.
2: This Upon rewatching this film, what I found more than anything was um it was it was creepy. Like it was it's far more creepy than I thought it was gonna be. Um and the toys? How creepy are the toys? Oh, that's horrific. Sebastian's and, like, so that, apartment. That awesome fucking scene where <clears throat> I can't remember her name. Was it Sean Young, the one that's the that's flipping around all the Daryl Hannah. Daryl yeah, Hannah. Daryl Hannah, yeah. It's true. The one with Pris. Oh Pris, um, yeah, that's right uh with her sitting on the bed painted as one of the toys is a spectacularly eerie scene. Yeah. Um and I think it's you know really um it kind of shows how creepy this film can go. It was nearly a sentence. Fuck.
0: <laughs> what did you guys think of um Sean Young and Harrison Ford's romance?
2: That's always touted as one of the weirder things about this yeah, film. Yeah, not the R
0: word I would use to describe it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. the, it's
2: a little bit rapey, I doesn't think, it? I, think I the, mean,
0: this is a common criticism. All dialogue with this film is the romance and yeah. how... Ro- off, romance it's very is, a, is a weird word to use for it. Well, I mean, there is some kind of... There's something there in this and it's and it's done differently to how a lot of other films do it.
1: It's impossible to watch it in 2017 and not have some reaction to the... Yeah, you know, just the same way he's he's in his his apartment. Yeah, he won't let her leave. Yeah, he slams the door, throws her against the wall, forces himself on her. Yeah, cut to morning. You know, it's It's bizarre, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it it look, it's a product of a time of its time. It um, it works within the film in its
2: own way. It's definitely something to 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 talk about. Yeah, I mean, you could probably, if you were in an English literature class or something, you could probably just you know justify it and um, you know, kind of talk about it within the context of the story. You know, he's not the hero that he seems or some shit like that. But I think you're right in in the context of twenty seventeen, probably just probably just not put that in. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause I, I think definitely you could make a a very interesting discussion out of that. Yeah. Um but I do not think that was intended at the time, no. in any way. I think it was very much this kind of noirish throwback romance when a man's a man and a, a woman. Yeah, give her a, a good slap the and says. then a kiss. And, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And then you're in.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go back and watch the movies from the 40s and 50s, I mean, yeah. it's just nonstop. Well,
2: that's the thing. Really that's why I, yeah. that's yeah. why I said romance. That's
0: why I said romance, because it's not, at the end of it, there's no sort of consequence for him no, reacting that way. Oh, yeah, it's portrayed, it's just romance, portrayed yeah. normally. Um, and uh, as you said, 2017, it doesn't really fly, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's similar to Stephen King It. You just omit just the, the weird <laughs> the shit weird that shit. happened.
1: <gasps> yeah, that's, that was the one part of the film, watching this again on the big screen, where I was like taken out of it because the whole way through I was just
2: like, wow. Yeah. And now yeah. that I was like, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Uh. yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, and as you said, there's just a lot of those old films that you just have to watch it in the context of that time and be like, well, that's uh, a that's thing that used to happen.
1: Yeah Speaking of context and time How do we think it holds up As a vision of the future So it's set two years from now Yeah um, Politically there's some Interesting things happening That could could kind of I think into that. yeah I think But in terms of the actual technology Of the film and stuff
0: Let's talk, if we talk about technology, it's it's a bit off. The photo thing is well, weird. I've never understood the photo thing. Yeah, so I I, I, yeah, the... I think I figured it out this time. It's I, think I've, a special, I think I've read an explanation before. It's but... just a special kind of photo that captures more data. Yeah, like before I looked at it as a a photograph mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we would traditionally associate with, and this was some kind of like enhanced, more like one. a radar. Thing do you exactly. think it was that,
2: or do you think that explanation has come out afterwards? Because oh, they were just like, <laughs> no, I think Ridley Scott no. had. He's
0: he's quite. Um, he likes having things work uh, realistically in his head. I think they would have considered that.
1: I think he would have had to have an idea because it's it's like it looks like a photo, but he like rotates around. He rotates, yeah, so yeah. Well, he looks behind something. Yeah,
2: which is not how photos work. Yeah, he's not not <laughs> even close. From what <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I mean, the whole zooming in thing is a trope. Um, so I don't think that you would have- So many pixels have. available. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, apart from the photo and the flying cars, the technology, there's not like an awful lot of advanced technology in this. Yeah, I mean, mm. obviously apart from the cyborgs and uh, or the- It feels like a world that it. is stalled in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or if there is really cool stuff, it's
0: not here. <laughs> it's, yeah. out, it's out on the-
2: On the other planets. Yeah, well, exactly. So I think that that's- um, I don't think it's terribly off. In I, fact, think I think the look is a
0: bit strange. Like, you know, Terrell's building the pyramid. You know, it's it's fun and it's sci-fi, but if we're talking about it as, you know, is this gonna be what it is? Mm. It's definitely oh, that's, not, not that. definitely not I don't think we're
2: talking about like, is that an accurate yeah. aesthetic? Not unless in the next two years, yeah. a yeah. lot of shit yeah. really fucks up. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Fingers <No>. crossed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it,
0: it <laughs> see, two years know. later on the podcast, <laughs> I said, well, welcome to Blade Runner. We're Blade reporting sorry. from the front lines.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Movies are no longer a thing.
0: <laughs> but I think if we talk about more of the concepts that are in it, I think there's a lot that um, is true. I mean, if you sort of look at Tyrell as a mega conglomerate corporations similar to something like the Google mm-hmm. or something you know in just inhabiting every part of your life um, you look at the the, the influence of um, you know China there's a lot of billboard advertisements and, and um, Chinese characters in this film mm-hmm. um, you look at the advertising in it like the big you see a lot of coke I mean, symbols they got that one right coke's still everywhere Yeah, Atari not so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I think that there's a lot of things that reign true, and now that we're moving into AI and this whole other thing, you know, there's it's still it's still pro- provoking those questions.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's that's the big thing that I remember from Year Twelve was like, look at the big billboards and the the advertisements and the over like the consumer uh, ship of of it all. And, and yeah, it's. Noodles, it's, it's lots, of noodles. Lots, lots of noodles. Of noodles. Lots of noodles. noodles. I didn't
0: I, I really paid attention to how much he ate noodles in this. And he he's holding right? the bowl in the spinner in the flying car
2: like yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It it seriously made me super hungry for noodles. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what that's what it was. There there's a particular brand of noodles that they were selling at the time. It's like we need a movie for this. Like Deckard's sodium levels would be a bit dangerous.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless yeah. he's a replicant. <gasps> oh which he... Which we're he gonna is. find out very soon. Ridley really Scott Officially, said he is. Ridley Scott says a lot of shit though. Yeah. I try to
0: ignore him nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that a while back didn't And me? I think Harrison Ford was like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you sold me out, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um what do you what did you what was your interpretation of uh what is your interpretation, uh, pre Blade Runner twenty forty nine on whether Setford is or isn't a replicant? Director's
1: I, cut, hundred percent replicant. Yeah. Like it's it's left in a way, ambiguous, but the the, the thrust is that that's- Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the unicorn thing, twist. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. With the origami yeah, and yeah. the vision at the piano. Mm. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty definitive that he is a replicant. Um, I'm, I'm I'm curious as to how that fits within the politics. Like who knows that he's a replicant? And, and replicants and, have a
0: built-in four-year lifespan. Yeah, so so, how did he get around that? And why is he a Blade Runner? And,
2: yeah, yeah, there's a whole bunch. Gumbra look, if like he's it. a replicant, I think that's an enormous amount of- of area to ride around in particular, in case they want to do another movie, you know, say mm. in 30 years or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think that that, if, he, you know, if they go with him being a replicant, that will be the main thrust of the new film. But, you know, I hope I find out a little bit more about just how he existed or why he existed. Because that's a such a cool question when you think about it. Like just, you know, are all Blade Runners replicants? Mm. Is it just Deckard? Like, is he special? Does, you know, Tyrell know that he's a replicant? Does, you know, Yeah, there's so many things that I would like to understand about that, if that's the case. Otherwise, he's just a human and I'm like, well, it's still a good film, but. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if uh,
0: 2049 will answer these questions.
2: <laughs> Almost certainly will. Like, I just, I from my point of view, that's where the natural story goes. You know, he's obviously looks as though he's in exile in the new one. And um, I think that, you know, that's probably because, I don't know, these secret replicants were recalled and he was like, nah, fuck you or some shit like that. That's my prediction at least for the new Blade Runner. Did you answer Benny? I can't even remember. I did, yeah. Oh, cool. cool, ben, cool. <laughs> did you?
0: He said definitively. Um, no, I didn't. Um, yeah, replicant, man. Ridley Ridley is God. Ridley is God. I was about to say gospel and then I changed to God. And I was like, Good God. I feel like Ridley's going to be back in the good books after Blade Runner
1: 2049. Yeah. Even though he didn't direct it. By association. Yeah. So yeah. like, he's I, just going to start hanging out with Denis
0: more. I am Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Did you get the memo? Hey, Denis,
1: can you do the next Alien movie for me, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, again, having, can you imagine? It'd be pretty I good. I don't, don't want it to happen. Um, I have but, so much
0: faith in him, but I just, no. Yeah. He, even he couldn't make that work. So we'll be reviewing Blade Runner next yeah. week.
2: Although back, just oh, quick, yeah, before okay, we jump in okay, yeah, yeah, just yeah. backtrack. I thought you liked the most recent Alien film. We all said that we liked it. <laughs> That's what we said at the time. I, I, see, this is one of the things. I reckon this is the kind of the idea that spirals out of control and people are like, no, nah, fuck Ridley Scott. He doesn't make bad films. I just, I don't think that he, I mean. No, I've, I've said several times on the podcast,
1: I only like two of his movies, like grand total.
2: How, how many of his films have you seen? Oh, I don't know like eight okay well there you
1: go <laughs> anyway no I yeah I didn't mind the last alien but uh, no. No.
2: <laughs> no
1: no
0: no no alright final question uh, 2049 do you think it's gonna be better or worse than the original is that even a good question to ask <laughs> it's not a
2: good question to ask because I think that that's silly but, 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 um, but, but, but. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think you can compare them. I I don't know. I think it might
1: be better somehow. Like, Denis is just such a fucking guy. And he is a guy. He's a guy. And Blade Runner is amazing in a lot of ways that aren't necessarily just how it is as a film. Like, there's so much else there. And a lot of it, I think, is just the the philosophy of it as well. Like, it's such <laughs> a heady film but um, maybe just as a movie I feel like this could be something else
2: I think, else, you know? I think that yeah. they will both be very good or one is very good but I think they will kind of both be on the same level but I think I will enjoy them for different reasons mm-hmm. I think that Blade think Runner definitely. will have that kind of untouchable um, air about it um, and I think it will just kind of be cemented in history as as a, as a good film whereas I think there's more risk in Denny, like if Denny made this film, you know, in nineteen eighty two, whatever it was made, um He would think, have been a bit young. He would yes, have Ben, he seven. would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if if you know, if you took this film and went back, I reckon he could have had another hit or another, you know what do you call this? Twenty forty nine at the very
1: least though, Roger Deakin DOP, I think is gonna be the best looking movie of twenty seventeen.
0: Yeah, everyone's saying he's gonna win the Oscar. Yeah. Mm hmm. 'Cause it looks beautiful. And I have a feeling Roger Deacon
1: hasn't won an Oscar. He's never
0: won an Oscar. That's
1: insane.
0: Because he is like He's the guy. He's the best guy. <laughs> These guys are there on this film. The guys, Denny Villeneuve, Roger Deacon's, like, this is set up for something amazing. But yeah, incredible that he hasn't won an Oscar. I can't believe it. That. That's fucked up. I because I couldn't even at the moment name another <laughs> director
1: of photography. Like he's the fucking dude. I'm
2: looking at his his um, I guess, resume. That's, impressive. that's insane, Coen, Coen holy Brothers, man! Fuck the number of amazing movies he's made. He, why, why? didn't he get it for uh his, no Skyfall? Country. His first oh, yeah. page. His Skyfall? first page, just like the first seven or eight, is Sicario, Skyfall, No Country for Old Men, Prisoners, <laughs> The Shawshank Redemption, The True Grit, The Assassination of Jesse James, Fargo, and Unbroken. That's
0: amazing cinematography.
2: There's going to be something in there that's Oscar worthy just on its own. All of them. Oh, Brother, A Beautiful Mind. A Serious Man. Fuck. Oh, Revolutionary Road. No, fuck that movie. It's probably not his fault though. That's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet and they just yell at each other for two hours. Mm. Sam Mendes. Awesome film, awesome director. Love (laughs)
0: Sam Mendes. Yeah, we'll be reviewing Blade Runner 2049
2: next week. Hey. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. It's going to be fun.
0: I'll give it a go. (laughs) And we've got... Will you? Even if it's bad, guys, we still got Blade
1: Runner forever. It's true. Okay. But maybe we'll get five cuts of Twenty Forty Nine, and one of them will be good.
0: I don't. I don't. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> and on that note, that's it for this week, the boys. Connor, <laughs> see it. Benny, uh, goodbye. <laughs>